Welcome to Chapter One with Houston Public Library, where we give you just enough story to get you hooked. Today's episode features Hurricane Season by Nicole Mellaby, read by Cassandra. This title is intended for tweens and is suitable for most audiences. Recording is made with permission of Algonquin Young Readers. Part One, September. The beginning is perhaps more difficult than anything else, but keep heart. It will turn out all right. Vincent Van Gogh to his brother Theo, January 1873. Chapter 1. The Yellow House. It all started the day Fig noticed the sold addition to the sign on her neighbor's lawn as she left for school. She sat at her desk in art class with her chin resting on her hands as her art teacher asked Danny Carter to pass out large, clean white sheets of paper. It was a warm day for September, and Fig kept her eyes focused out the classroom window at the bright blue sky as the class ticked by. Haley Flores was handing out paper plates, and Miss Williams was walking around the room asking everyone to pick the three colors of paint they wanted to start with. Ava Washington was playing with her cell phone under her desk, and Madison Sherman leaned over to ask, Would it be stupid to say I wanted green paint? Sixth grade business as usual. Danny handed Fig a sheet of paper. You could ask for blue and yellow instead, he said to Madison. You shouldn't waste your pick on green. That was when the classroom door flew open and everyone turned with wide excited eyes to see what the disruption was. The school year had barely started, but any interruption from the routine of lectures and paint was a welcome one. But the distraction was anything but welcome for Fig when she saw that it was her dad standing in the doorway. Fig? His voice was wobbly and small. Everyone turned away from him to look instead at her. Fig's dad shuffled his feet as he entered the classroom, looking for her and bumping into one of the desks. He knocked over the entire box of paintbrushes in the process, causing Miss Williams to spill the jar of blue paint all over her hand. Fig stood, trying to get her dad's attention, as Danny began picking up the brushes, and Miss Williams said calmly, Can I help you, Mr. Arnold? Is everything okay? Miss Williams gently grasped his arm with her now blue fingers. Startled, he looked at her. Is Fig here? he asked. I'm, I'm looking for Fig. I don't know where she... They said she was... Right here, Fig whispered. I'm right here, Dad. His eyes were unfocused as they settled on her. It was a look Fig was familiar with, one she hated, one she didn't want her classmates to see. Fig, come on, let's go. He reached for her hand as he stepped toward her, grabbing onto it a little too tightly. She was about to follow him because she knew he needed her, but Miss Williams grasped his arm again. Mr. Arnold, why don't we step out in the hallway for a moment? I need... Look, look, I just need my kid. His voice started, nearing the desperate twinge Finn hated to hear. Fig knew how to take care of her dad at home, but she had a hard time focusing on him now. All around her, her classmates were watching and whispering. Ava had her phone right there on her desk, and Fig knew how much she liked to take pictures. Haley was giggling with Madison, and Danny was still standing in the center of the room too close to Fig's dad, gripping the tin of paintbrushes tightly and staring. Fig, please, her dad said, 
and Thick knew she would go with him. But then Miss Williams held out her hand. How about the three of us just go into the hall for a moment, okay, Mr. Arnold? Me, you, and Fig. Fig looked up into Miss Williams' eyes, soft and kind and understanding. When Fig took Miss Williams' paint-covered fingers and her dad quickly wrapped her Fig's other hand, she felt like she had betrayed him. The whispers around Fig grew louder, and Miss Williams continued to hold her ground, continued to say her dad's name. Mr. Arnold, come with me. Mr. Arnold, just come with me to the hallway. A week later, Fig could still hear her her father's panicked voice in her head, could see the hurt in his eyes. She was also discovering more and more repercussions of that moment, including the lady from Child Protection and Permanency who, and not for the first time, came knocking on their door. Fig, try as she did, couldn't stop thinking about CP&P, which was New Jersey's Department of Social Services, or how this time they could be keeping a close eye on her and her dad. Nor could she stop thinking about how her classmates might figure out how poorly his mind worked and how, because of that, CP&P could take him away from her. They were both CP&P and her classmates starting to ask a lot of questions. She leaned against the back of the living room couch, looking out the window at the small yellow house across the street where her neighbor, Miss Minkle, was carrying boxes outside. Miss Minkle was moving, and Fig had to blink back tears watching her. Miss Minkle was a good neighbor. She kept to herself. Sometimes she'd wave, but she never made small talk, and every so often her boyfriend even brought in their garbage cans when Fig's dad forgot and the wind blew bins and the garbage all over the road. Most important, Miss Pinkle never called anyone about her strange neighbors across the street, unlike Fig's school and Miss Williams. Fig watched from the window as Miss Pinkle packed her things into her bright blue car, while the voices from the weather broadcast on TV mingled with the sounds of Fig's dad's slightly out-of-tune piano being tinkered into submission behind her all of which added to the knot in Fig's stomach. Is it a hurricane yet? Her dad's voice was a more welcome sound than his piano. She loved that she could still hear traces of his old East London accent that didn't belong anywhere near their home in New Jersey. I would like a hurricane. Still a tropical storm, Fig responded. She did not want a hurricane. It won't become a hurricane. It's not strong enough and it'll make landfall soon. I love the sounds of a good storm. He climbed out from under his small wooden upright piano, leaving it open with his insides exposed. It always fascinated Fig how easily her dad understood the inner workings of a piano when neither of them understood the inner workings of him. Fig reached a hand up to brush it through her naughty, messy hair. The last thing she needed was another reason to stand out in school. She really wanted to fade back into the background. It had been a long, long week of questions and gossip. Will you braid my hair? Her dad rarely refused her when he he was well, and he slid to one side of the piano bench and patted the spot in front of him for Fig to settle between his knees, which she did easily. She was small for her age, but she supposed he was too. She never worked up the nerve 
to ask how tall her mother was. She had been gone since the day after Fig was born, but she could only assume she got her height from him. She handed him her hairbrush, and he ran his fingers through her bed-must black hair. Fig may not have appreciated his musical skill, but she did appreciate his callous piano-playing fingers as he scratched softly at her scalp with his cut-too-short nails. She'd be lying if she said he was good at braiding hair, but he was better at it than she, and he always tried hard, and really, she had no better option. Truth be told, she could understand why her mother didn't stay. Her dad was a difficult man to live with. What she couldn't understand, however, was how her mother could leave her little and pink and new, and Fig wondered what would have been different this past week if she hadn't. It took a special sort of person to live with and love her father, and Fig considered herself mighty special, but she was still the one left to face her classmates. Everyone at school has a smartphone, you know, she said, flipping her subpar phone open and closed for effect. How lovely for them, her dad said, and finished twisting the band at the end of her long braid. All done. Dad, I'm literally the only sixth grader without one. Fig tried again. This thing is embarrassing. She flipped it open and closed again, holding it up like some sort of ancient artifact. Embarrassment builds character. Not in middle school. It builds miserable children. Dad, you don't understand. He leaned forward to press his forehead against hers, closing his eyes and humming along to a tune only he could hear one that was trapped in his head and leaking out of him the way songs often did. The humming slowly came to a stop, the song in his head ending. His eyes met hers as he softly admitted, a smartphone would be one more bill to stress over. That she did understand, and considering all that was happening, it made her feel guilty. He kissed her forehead, the stubble on his face scratching a bit, and sat back up. Fig made a face. He always forgot to shave when his mind was elsewhere. When was the last time you shaved? Her dad gave her a sheepish grin, his eyes wrinkling at, the, wrinkling at the corners. I'll do it later. She sighed and popped off the bench to go and grab her backpack and shoes strewn by the front door. Don't I get a kiss? Her dad called after her. She shook her head. Not until you shave. He ran a hand over his too-scratchy-for-kisses stubble. Fig was starting to notice more gray in the light brown color of it lately. Hold back a second, Fig. I'm going to miss my bus. He didn't say anything for a moment, and Fig hovered by the door. The knot in her stomach grew tighter. Everything is going to be okay, he finally said. I just... I want you to know that when they come back, it's going to be okay. She glanced past him to the calendar they hung on the wall, right above his piano. It was where they wrote down all of Fig's school things, all their appointments, all the notes needed so her dad wouldn't forget or be confused about any of it. It was the first week of September. In three months, on November 30th, written in heavy ink and circled twice in the little square space on that date, was their newly scheduled follow-up CPNP visit was also the very last day of hurricane season. Fig wanted to tell her dad that she believed him, that everything between now and then would be okay. 
She nodded instead. I love you, darling. Double it, Fig said as she opened the front door, stepping into the humidity that still clung to the early fall air. Love you, love you, he called back. Her bus stop was at the end of the street, past four more houses that looked identical to hers, all in various stages of repair. Their own white wooden door was splintered at the knob. Fig stood with three other kids, who were older and taller and louder than she was. They all stopped talking when she got online, and she looked down at her shoes, pretending the silence was just coincidence, even though she knew it wasn't. Their school was small, and news spread fast, and the kids from her neighborhood already knew more than the rest of her classmates. The school bus pulled up with creaks and clanks, the door sliding open with a screech that Fig hated. Before the doors closed behind her, she watched as Miss Minkle drove away, and she was sad all over again. She could only hope that whoever moved into the yellow house next would be just as quick to turn a blind eye on her dad. happens next? Check out Hurricane Season by Nicole Melody, available in multiple formats at www.houstonlibrary.org. Mm-hmm.